to the All People's Church Sunday podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Executive Pastor Kendall Laughlin. For more messages and resources, head to allpeopleschurch.org or download our free All People's app. Hey, I'm Kendall. Welcome again to All People's Church. And I do just want to acknowledge, you know, Memorial Day is really important. We, we honor that in this spiritual family and of course, we have many service people that are in this church, but also just want to acknowledge freedom isn't free. You know, people have sacrificed for us. And tomorrow's a great day to remember that and also to teach your kids about it. We'd really encourage you to do that. Pray for our service members as well. So it's an important time. Let's hop into the sermon. I'm going to start with a little story, a little illustration this morning. You may have seen it. It's been going around. It's actually a, a cultural phenomenon, a controversy. And it's really powerful. It's been so powerful that people are debating it. And it is starting to divide friendships. I mean, families are in strife. They do not know how to handle this. People have started categorizing each other. They've started saying, hey, you're, you're like this. No, 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 you're like this. No, this is wrong. No, no, this is right. And I don't know that the world will ever be the same, really. I mean, it's, it's, it's truly kind of marked us for good. And of course, I'm not talking about politics or something, you know, in the global news. I'm talking about the cultural phenomenon, Yanny versus Laurel, okay? I know all you guys are on Facebook and you've seen this, okay? So don't act like you haven't, just kidding. But this is, a, this is an amazing uh, cultural phenomenon. And if you don't know what it is, just to explain. So there is this person on, was, went on dictionary.com to look up a word, and once they heard the vocalization of this word, they could not decide what the actual word was. And so a debate ensued, and they thought they would post it to a website called Reddit. So they posted it on Reddit, and then from there, it just blew up, went viral, as things do, all over the internet, and people started debating this sound, this vocalization, whether this word is yanny or Laurel. It's been all over the news. Yanny actually came out with his own statement about whether it was Yanny or Laurel. There's been remixes. This is a cultural phenomenon. So right now, guys, we're going to decide because here's the thing. The church is the pillar and foundation of truth, and we got to get to the bottom of this, and we can't have disunity in the house of God, okay? So here we go. We're going to decide whether it's going to be Yanny or Laurel. Let's play that track. Laurel. Laurel. Getting some early thoughts there. Laurel. 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 Okay, give it a few more times. Laurel. Laurel. All right, we can stop. We can stop. Okay. Where are my Yanny people that? It's like you're you're like, it's Yanny, y'all are crazy. All right, standing up right there. Shouting me down. All right. Where are my Laurel people? You're like, whoa, Laurel is rocking the eleven thirty. That's very, very interesting. You know, the first time I heard that, I was like, it's Yanny all the way. Y'all are crazy if you hear Laurel. And the next day, all I could hear was Laurel. It's kind of weird. So obviously, this brought me down a major rabbit trail, rabbit hole, really, of internet research because I had to get to the bottom of this. And the, the more I looked into it, you know, I, I saw there's actually some science behind this. And shocker, they're both right. Okay, Yanny and Laurel are both right because we're actually hearing differently. And so what they found is they ran this through a bunch of computer programs and, you know, different, different algorithms. What they found is people 
who are hearing this are actually hearing different things. So our ears are actually mechanically, they're made differently, and we hear ourselves different frequencies than other people. And so one person could be hearing Yanny, and another person hearing the exact same sound could be hearing Laurel, because our ears naturally are tuned to different frequencies. And then to make matters more complicated, they said if you have older ears or if you wear earbuds all the time, so you kind of have a little bit of distorted earring, then you probably are hearing Laurel, not Yanny. And so we're going to pray for all the Laurels at the end of this service that the Lord would heal you. And I bet you're wondering how this relates to a sermon at all. Actually, it does. It reminds me <laughs> of something. It reminds me of something in the scriptures. This is what Jesus said to his disciples. Okay, Luke eight eighteen. Take care then how you hear. Some translations say, be careful how you hear. These are the words of Jesus. So Jesus was speaking to his disciples, saying, hey, be careful how you listen. Be careful how you hear. And we truly live in a day where we need to be careful how and what we hear, don't we? Every time you turn on the TV, it's fake news, Russian hacking, what's going on in this country. I mean, the world is, is really confusing. We have media that, some media is edifying and encouraging, but a lot of it's pulling us away from God, pulling us away from our calling. It's a distraction. We need to be really careful how we hear. Even in the midst of life, we need to be careful. You've probably had this experience when you went to a dinner party with your spouse, and one of you said something, and you, on the car ride home, the other person had a different opinion about what was said, right? <laughs> we need to be careful how we hear. We need to be careful how we listen. We don't always hear things the same way. And, you know, just like that funny video, that Yanny Laurel video, our ears can be tuned to hear different frequencies. And so, in terms of hearing God, that's where we want to tune ourselves in so that we can hear God's frequency for our life. So this morning, I want to speak to you from the subject. Actually, it's the afternoon. This afternoon, I want to speak to you from the subject, tuning in to God's frequency. Tuning in to God's frequency. And this is going to be like a practical uh, guide on how to prepare your heart to listen and receive from God. And then for the next few weeks, we're actually going to be talking more about this as we go through a series called Can You Hear Me Now? As we look through the life of the prophet Samuel in the Old Testament, as we learn about prophecy and hearing God and spiritual warfare, how all that plays together in our lives. But first, just a pastoral comment. Dallas Willard says this. He says when, when a leader moves into teaching others how to listen to God and hear God's voice, we're moving into a spiritual heart at area hard hat, like a construction zone. You know, it's a like caution. Because this is an area where there's been a lot of imbalance in the body of Christ, right? There's been some strange teaching. There's some people that have just, because of that, thrown it all out. And they said, hey, God doesn't speak to anyone anymore. That's not how God works. Other people have, there's been imbalances on the other end, right? Extremes and things that are unbiblical. And so we're moving into an area that's like a spiritual maturity area where we need to be wise and aware. And we want to follow the true models in the word of God. And so that's why I'm so glad about the fact that we have Samuel. You know, Samuel is a great healthy model of someone that learned how to hear God and move into learning to tune in to God's frequency. He wasn't a flaky guy. 
He was a solid guy. He was a man of resolve. He finished well. He was a man of integrity. So this is someone that we can learn from as we learn how to tune our ears into God's frequency. So we're going to look today at 1 Samuel chapter 3. You can turn there in your Bible. I'm going to be uh, reading it in the message version just because I like the way it flows. But we're going to be, you can read it in any translation, and we're going to look at this together as we open God's word. So why don't you pray with me? Father, we do pray over this time looking into your word. I'm praying, Lord, this wouldn't be a time just of information, but of impartation. Lord, open our hearts to hear from you. Let each person here leave with a word from you, God. Tune our ears to your frequency. And we do pray for the Golden State Warriors in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, yeah. Game seven. All right. Here we go. First Samuel 3, verse 1. The boy Samuel was serving God under Eli's direction. This was at a time when revelation of God was rarely heard or seen. One night, Eli was sound asleep. His eyesight was very bad. He could hardly see. It was well before dawn. The sanctuary lamp was still burning. Samuel was still in bed in the temple of God when the chest of God or the ark of God, the ark of the covenant, rested. Then God called out, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel answered, yes, I'm here. Then he ran to Eli saying, I heard you call. Here I am. Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So he did. God called again, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli. I heard you call. Here I am. Again, Eli said, son, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. This all happened before Samuel knew God for himself. It was before the revelation of God had been given to him personally. God called again, Samuel, the third time. Yet again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Yes, I heard you call me. Here I am. Then it dawned on Eli that God was calling the boy. So Eli directed Samuel, go back and lie down. If the voice calls again, say, speak God, I'm your servant, ready to listen. Samuel returned to his bed. Then God came and stood before him exactly as before, calling out, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel answered, speak, I'm your servant, ready to listen. God said to Samuel, listen carefully. I'm I'm getting ready to do something in Israel that is going to shake everyone up and get their attention. The time has come for me to bring down Eli's family, everything I'm warned him of. This is a hard word from God. Every last word of it. I'm letting him know that time's up. I'm bringing judgment on his family for good. He knew what was going on, that his sons were desecrating God's name and God's place, and he did nothing to stop them. This is my sentence on the family of Eli. The evil of Eli's family can never be wiped out by sacrifice or offering. Samuel stayed in bed until morning, then rose early and went about his duties, opening the doors of the sanctuary. But he dreaded having to tell the vision to Eli. But then Eli summoned Samuel. Samuel, my son. Samuel came running. Yes, what can I do for you? What did he say? Tell it to me, all of it. Don't suppress or soften one word as God is your judge. I want it all, word for word, as he said it to you. So Samuel told him word for word. He held back nothing. Eli said, he is God. Let him do whatever he thinks is best. A really interesting story, right? So in this story, I see three keys, three things in Samuel's life that are going to be a guide for us as we learn how to tune our ears into God's frequency. And what I love about this is, you know, Samuel didn't hear from God the first time, Right? It was a process. He had to tune his own ears. And so we're going to learn from Samuel how to tune our ears to God's frequency. Here's the first one. Samuel was in the right place. Samuel was in the right place. So this is a lot like the law of real estate. Location, 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 right? You probably heard that before, right? Samuel was in the right place. You know, when we're learning how to hear God, it is so important to put yourself in a place where God's frequency is strong. We can hear God anywhere, right? God can speak to us anywhere. He, he can find us. He can reveal himself to us. But I found in my own life, when I put myself in certain environments, it is easier for me to tune in. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? 
right? So we tune ourselves into God's frequency by being in the right place. It's a lot like a cell phone. Anyone remember when cell phones first came out? I'm No. <laughs> I remember... My dad had a red Volvo, and there was one of those car phones right in the middle of the console. He would pick it up. That's the first cell phone I remember seeing. But you probably remember those Nokia phones that played Snake. What a great game. They need to bring that one back. All right. So anyway, what do you remember, though, from early cell phones? You remember putting it to your ear and saying, can you hear me now? Right? The frequency was never quite right. And then for some reason, we thought if we angled our neck a different way, it would help the phone, like kind of an old TV antenna. Can you hear me now? And then, you know, my phone still doesn't work in Home Depot. I have no idea why. So I'm, you know, leaving the store. Can you hear me now? People climbing up mountains, going down to valleys, trying to get a better signal. Can you hear me now? But it's kind of funny, but there's a spiritual principle here, right? We can put ourselves in environments where it's easier to tune in to God's frequency. And so with Samuel, here's a few things about his environment. First of all, Samuel was serving God. He was serving God. A great way to tune your heart to start to hear God is to serve him. Samuel, he actually identifies himself as a servant. He says, speak God, your servant is listening. Right? That, that, that was his identity before God. He said, God, I want to serve you. He was that Psalm 84 guy. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord then dwell in the tents of the wicked. That was his heart. That was his desire. Samuel was a servant. And there's some really interesting things about how Samuel served. He served, first of all, for a long time since he was a young boy. Secondly, he was serving for a time when revelation from God was rarely heard or seen. That's what it says in 1 Samuel 3. So what's that say? That shows us this was a boring time to be at church. <laughs> this was not an exciting time, right? Revelation from God was rarely heard or seen. This was monotonous. This was the same thing over and over again, route, ritual. But Samuel's still there. He's still serving. This is not a time of revival, right? There's not something exciting going on. But Samuel is faithfully serving. Okay, I love his heart in that. Here's another thing we see. Samuel is serving an unrighteous person, Eli. What's the Bible say about Eli? Well, first of all, his eyesight had grown dim. That's, that's symbolic. That's prophetic of his inability to perceive the supernatural. How do we see that? Well, he has no idea that God's calling Samuel, right? It takes him several times to figure it out. He's the supposedly the spiritual Jedi over all over Israel, right? The big high priest. And, and he doesn't even know when God's calling someone. And his, his children, his children haven't been discipled. They're desecrating the temple, right? This is not a righteous person. This is not an easy person to serve, but Samuel had a heart to serve. And so that tunes our ears to God's frequency because we're becoming like him when we serve. Here's another thing. He put himself in an environment of prayer and worship. Another thing about this location, it was an environment of prayer and worship. It talks about the ark, the, the, temp, the ark of God, the ark of the covenant. And this is what it says in Leviticus 6.12. It says the fire on the altar was never to go out. That's the light it's talking about in 1 Samuel 3. It says the light hadn't gone out yet. That's not speaking about a nightlight or some, something. It, there's a, there was an actual fire in that temple that represented God's presence to the people of Israel. And that's where Samuel was. There's something so powerful about coming into a place, like Robert talked about last week, where God is speaking and God is moving. We actually pray this over our church. We, we pray when, when people come in that God would begin to tune their ears to his frequency 
And then they'd be like Jacob saying, surely God is in this place. I didn't even know it. Right? Just, just the other day, uh, my wife and I had a, a young lady over for dinner, and she was telling us since joining our church, she's been having these dreams where she feels that God is speaking to her. She's like, why is this happening now? It's because you're coming into a community where God's voice is valued, and we're praying for God to open the heavens over our spiritual family. Like, who here was at our church when we were meeting a Horace Mann a number of years ago? Just a few of us. So, you know, Horace Mann was interesting. It was a long uh, kind of auditorium, and then at the back, there were several restrooms. And what you could do, inevitably, every week, is you could go into those restrooms, and here's what you'd see you'd see new people who were just at the church looking into the mirror and just crying as God was speaking to them. Some of us have had that experience ourselves. You're like, yeah, I was crying in the restroom, Horace man. Um, it was just so indicative of, wow, people are coming into this place. Not a really a special place. It's a place we opened up for God to move in, just a school. And God was touching people. That's the kind of thing we pray for. At our church, uh, one friend uh, was telling me he was on vacation, actually. He lived in another city and was on vacation in San Diego. And as he was here in worship, God just spoke to him. No one was telling, saying anything about this. It was just during the time of music and worship. And God spoke to him and said, hey, go back to your city and marry your girlfriend. This is going to be the wife for you. Hey, that's a good day right there, right? Actually, let's do that now. Let's know. Just kidding. But um, man, God speaks to us as we gather with anticipation. That's one of the reasons we gather on Sunday. It's different than our small group is different than your own time with the Lord. It's a, it's a charged atmosphere where we're coming with faith, inviting God to speak. You guys tracking with me on this? Great. That's why we're having a prayer room in the new facility. Okay. Time in nature. This is something else we see in the scriptures is God will speak to people through nature. Psalm 19, the heavens are telling the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his handiwork. Or Romans chapter 1 talks about how God's invisible attributes are made known through nature. So, God will speak to us through nature. This is one of the great things about living in San Diego, right? Everybody's got their spot, right? Torrey Pines State Park, Coronado Beach, maybe some other park or place you'd like. There's always a place we can go to to be refreshed when we're burnt out, to take in the beauty of nature and listen to God, right? So healthy. It's how God's wired us, right? Adam and Eve, they lived in a garden outside. And there's just something refreshing about that. I remember a, a retreat I went on with Robert where just at the beginning of the treat, Retreat, God spoke to me out of Genesis 18. Talk about how God spoke to Abraham while he was under an oak tree. And, you know, just under the course of that retreat, God just revealed this amazing vision about oak trees and what they symbolize and a long-term vision for our church to Robert. That's an example of how God would speak to us through a symbol in nature. Uh, On Friday, I had a bird trapped in my house and I had to capture it with a net. I'm still trying to figure out what God was speaking to me through that natural event. But anyway... That's, this is a little bit of a joke, but all right. This might seem obvious, but this is important. The Bible. Okay, so look at your neighbor and say, the Bible. <laughs> okay, I want you to leave here knowing that I said that God speaks through the Bible, okay? Because this is very, very important. The Bible is the only infallible rule of faith and practice for the believer, okay? Second Timothy 3.16, all scripture, all of it, the whole thing, Old Testament, New Testament, the whole bit is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It's all God-breathed, and it's all useful. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 10. Scripture cannot be broken. So all revelation from God, about God, regarding God, 
regarding the world, regarding the role of the kingdom of God in the earth, is subject to the revelation God has already given us in his scriptures. Okay? That is the way we live. That is the path of life. That is how God has shown us to move forward in life. So the healthiest thing for any believer, any person, is to be on a daily Bible reading plan. It's just so good for you. God will speak to you through it. And you know, the most common objection I hear from people about a Bible reading plan is this. Well, I don't remember everything I read, right? One guy said it this way. I don't remember what I ate for breakfast last week, but it still nourished me. Okay? So there's just a word for that day. Thank you for that response. All right. I like, this is my corner over here. Like, like one guy said. All right, here we go. All right. So, so the Bible, God will speak to you through the scriptures. And finally, wise, godly people, right? God will speak to you through, through community that is seeking him. And an abundance of counselors, there is victory, right? Not every voice in your life is from God, but you can trust God. that He'll bring people into your life to steer you. Sometimes it's just an off comment. It's not like a big spiritual revelation, but, but God will guide us. And he has other people in our life sometimes. It's kind of a funny analogy, but it's kind of as bumper cars. They kind of just nudge us in the right direction, you know? And God will just kind of nudge you through your community in the direction he wants you to go. Okay, so be in the right place. Location, location, location. Okay, here's the next thing. This is a good point. Rest. God most desires to speak to us out of a place of rest. Yeah. Samuel was most able to tune in to God's frequency because he was at rest. I love this story. Like, he wasn't on a 40-day fast. He hadn't attended a special seminar. He didn't have some spiritual giant pray over him. Right? He was just asleep. (laughs) And God stepped into his life and spoke to him. God desires to speak to us out of a place of rest. There's actually a neurological reason for this. When you are focused, when you are trying to solve a problem, all of your brain power moves to the front of your brain, right here, okay? And it's called the prefrontal cortex. And the way that God has designed us is when we have a fight or flight situation or some kind of problem, All of the energy in our brain is right here, and it allows us to focus. We have tunnel vision. That's why, for example, if you're driving and a car pulls out in front of you, you have the ability to react quickly and not hit that car, and you're not thinking about, like, did I leave the stove on? Or, you know, how much is my tax return this year? Or what's on Netflix tonight? Or whatever, okay? You you have the ability to focus and react quickly. But here's the problem in our modern world, our 24-7, 365 society. We've trained our brains to be in that place all the time because of all of our alerts, all the input. And so we have to step back into a place of rest to get our brain into default mode. Default mode is where our brain starts making connections. It's where we have alpha waves. It's where we're open to new ideas. Just to maybe use an example, this is why you have your best ideas in the shower, right? You're staring at that white wall. You're not thinking about anything. Your brain literally, finally, has some white space to think about something, right? And so that's how God's made us. An interesting fact, in France, during the French Revolution, 
they, they were really trying to unchristianize the nation. And so they had an idea, we're going to get rid of the Sabbath, okay? We're going to not have a seven-day week. We're going to have a 10-day week. And that's going to de-Christianize the nation. That's going to get church attendance down. People are going to stop hearing the scriptures. And we're going to be able to secularize this country. And the experiment totally failed because people started burning out. Like, we've been wired to live a certain way, right? That's why throughout history, people have gathered on the Sabbath to hear the word of God. Like, this is a day where we have space to listen. That's how God designed us. So here's a theological reason, maybe not a neurological reason, but a theological reason. Hearing God, listening to God's voice is your birthright as a believer. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. By your very nature of being part of God's family, you are hardwired to hear his voice. John eight forty seven. Jesus said this, he who belongs to God, whoever belongs to God, hears what God says. Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. So there's only one kind of Christian, like only one kind of Christ follower, the kind of person that belongs to God. Okay? So if you're following Jesus, the spirit of adoption has come over you. You are part of God's family. You belong to God. Okay? Because you belong to God, you are able to hear what God says. Okay? That's what the scriptures say. So, there's only one kind of Christian, the kind of Christian that hears what God is telling them. Okay? Here's what I know. As, as soon as I introduced this series, there were certain people that disqualified themselves. Hey, is this really for me? Or this would be good for my spouse. They're a little more mystical or supernatural or whatever. No, listen, you are a new creation in Jesus Christ. Okay? Regardless of whether the old you felt spiritual or wise or whatever, there is a new you. And you are part of God's family. And God has hardwired you to hear his voice. You know what? I talk to all my kids differently. One of my kids is really into music right now. Another one's into Spider-Man. You know, we just talk about different stuff, right? And you know what? God will speak to all of us differently. The journey isn't, is God going to speak to me? Like, that's a given. The, The journey is, how does God speak to me? God, what is the individual language you're building with me? as your son or daughter. We are hardwired to hear God's voice. I know I'm pressing this, but this is a little bit of a stronghold for people. So I, I just want you to understand, you are hardwired to hear the voice of God. Like the enemy will come against it. We can have doubts, but in the journey, God will speak. This is what Graham Cook says. God is always speaking one way or another. That's actually out of Job 33. God speaks one way and now another. God is always speaking in one way or another. The question is, are you quiet enough to hear him? Too often, we're simply not paying enough attention, or perhaps we love to hear the sound of our own voices. Guilty, right? And even if we don't, there are plenty of other louder people all around us, each with their own viewpoint on a subject and their own egos demanding to be heard. Very true. The world is a loud and belligerent place, lacking the subtlety of the kingdom. But our identities are in the kingdom, and this is where we must learn to live from. As we find unique ways to rest, allowing thoughts of our identity in him to develop, the situation we find ourselves in recedes, and his nudgings seem to be far easier to hear. Isn't that great? Yeah, God wants to speak to us from a place of rest. Just the other night, I was going to sleep, minding my own business, wasn't listening to a sermon or worship music. I was actually listening to white noise because I was trying to go to sleep. And all of a sudden, I said this flash in my mind. It was, I was in a friend's garage, and I was looking at his water heater. And that was it. 
So I called him the next morning. I said, hey, do you have a water heater in your garage? He was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you might want to look at it. I think it may need some fixing or something may be broken on it. And sure enough, he went over to the water heater, and there was just some things that needed to be reconnected. Isn't that interesting? Okay, so here's what I think. I think God cares about that guy and his water heater, okay? And he's just looking for someone that was at rest where he could just drop it into their spirit. It's like, will you please give this guy a call so he doesn't blow up his house, okay? So... But I was just at a place of rest. This is why God loves to speak to us in dreams. There's no way you can manufacture it. Like, it just, you woke up and it happened. You had a dream. I love when people come into this church and God starts revealing himself to them in dreams. Of course, not all dreams are from God, right? I mean, there's just pizza dreams and life dreams and everything else, okay? Um, But some, some are. And most dreams have to be interpreted. The Bible says interpretations belong to God. But then there's occasionally, there's something that God speaks that's like, whoa, that was totally God. I'll never forget uh, being in India, and one of my friends was on an escalator. There was an Indian man standing next to him, and my my friend says, the Indian man turned to him and said, "Um, excuse me. And my friend's like, yeah. He's like, I had a dream last night. Can I tell you about it? I'm kind of like, okay, just your normal escalator conversation, right? So they start talking, and this is what the Indian man says. He says, last night I had a dream of an empty cross, a slain lamb, and a ladder going up to heaven. Can you tell me what that means? I mean, if you can't interpret that dream, I don't know how to help you, right? So obviously the guy came to Christ, right? I mean, how powerful. Uh, I remember landing in Indonesia, getting on a bus and being in this village, and all of a sudden getting off the bus, this woman just running at us. I was like, excuse me, excuse me. Are you a group of Americans with two teachers? Like, kind of did the math, and yeah, actually, you know, what's up? Uh, and she's like, I had a dream that a group of Americans with two teachers would come and tell me the truth. What is your message? Wow. Okay. Acts chapter two, right? God pouring out his spirit on all flesh, right? That's what we see. God just delights to speak to us. And it's out of a place of rest. You don't have to earn it, right? You just receive. And here's what I love. Samuel didn't hear God the first time. He didn't hear God the second time. He didn't hear God the third time. And finally, it says, God came and stood by him and was like, Samuel, wake up. I'm trying to talk to you. So God's going to make it clear if it needs to be clear. The issue isn't about your special gift to hear him. The issue is about his goodness, his power, and his character. Okay? So, So my faith, when I come to hear God, it has nothing to do with my special ability to hear God. It has everything to do with his power to speak however and whenever he wants right? We rest in God's character, not our own spiritual abilities or our spiritual gifts. Like we can stop striving and just receive. It's the beauty of God's kingdom. Yeah. So we got being in the right place, right? We got having our hearts at rest. And, and here's the final thing, being a person that responds. Respond. That's the last R word there. Samuel was in the right place, but there's something else that really helped him tune his ears to God's frequency. His first word from God. This is the word, you know, I'm going to judge the house of Eli. Like not an easy word, right? You know, like God's going to judge your boss, basically. That's the word. And of course, this is an Old Testament situation and he was a prophet. So, you know, your first word from God is probably going to be an encouragement for someone else. So just, you know, we'll talk about the difference between Old and New Testament prophecy in another sermon. But just to mention here, he did not hold back. He shared the word. 1 Samuel 3.18. So Samuel told him, word for word, he held back nothing. I think that's amazing. So what happens is when God speaks to us, we think it's him, we step out in faith. 
And over time, our little yeses, they just tune our ears more and more and more into his frequency. We build a history with God, and we learn how God speaks to us. And the same whispers become clearer and clearer and clearer, and we understand how the Lord works with us personally. So important. I actually can't lay hands on you and impart this to you. This is your own spiritual journey with God that he's calling you into, to be a person that responds, a person that says yes. So how I remember it is just three A's, anything, anytime, anywhere. God, I'm yours. I want to respond. Anything, anytime, anywhere. Luke 8, 18, we read it at the beginning. Take care then how you hear, for to the one who has, more will be given. And for the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. For the one who has, more will be given. As we say yes and we possess what God is calling us to, we get more and we get more. And our stewardship of responding to God increases our ability to hear his voice. Are you tracking with me, right? So we want to be a people who respond. Here's a story. We had a young lady in our church that after a World Mandate Conference said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to hear the voice of God. I really want to learn how to do this. And so she and a friend got together, Point Loma Nazarene University, and they said, hey, we're going to listen to God. Okay, so as they did that, she had an image of herself in a gas station doing a headstand or outside a gas station doing a headstand. And she thought, okay, kind of weird. So she shared it with her friend. Yeah, that is kind of weird, but, you know, I'll do it with you. And so kind of like, okay, so they're kind of looking through the Bible. It's like, well, it doesn't say not to stand on your head in the Bible. So I guess it's not biblical, you know. So anyway, they're just trying to learn, so they went for it, okay. So they go down to a gas station. It's an ocean beach. It's kind of like anything goes, right? So, so they're down at Ocean Beach, and she gets out of the car and does a headstand, like just right there, like in the gas station. A guy runs outside of the gas station, runs right at him, and it's like, kind of angry and disheveled. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you on your head? She's like, oh, sorry, we're trying to listen to God. You know, she's, she's kind of scared. And so, and the guy kind of just changes. He's like, whoa. It's like, you serious? Like, I-, I used to walk with God. And I was just in this gas station. This has been the hardest season of my life. And, and I just thought, okay, God, like, if you're real, I need to know today. And actually, if you're real, you need to send someone to do something crazy for me. I want you to send someone right now to this gas station and stand on their head. What in the world? Right? God will use our foolish yes, right? The results aren't up to us. Like, we just respond to what God is putting on our heart. Here's why I share this extreme example. Because if someone can do that, I know you can encourage someone at work, right? I know you can pray for a family member. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we can step out. We can respond in the things that God is calling us to do. We want to be a people that are tuned into the heart of God and hear his frequency. Stand with me. Ben, you can come on up. Just as I kind of lead us into prayer here, why don't you just step into your heart? Just, just move into that place of rest. Say, hey, God, here I am. Tune my heart to you. Give me a listening heart. Just anything, anytime, anywhere. God, I want to soften my heart to you. Close your eyes. Just as we do that, I know there's some people here that need to come back to God. Like maybe you've actually never crossed that line before and given your life to Jesus. This is your time. And maybe you've walked with God before, but you've been far from God for a long time, and it's time for you to come back into his family. So regardless of what category you're in, but if you need to come back to God this morning, everyone's just kind of listening. No one's looking around, but will you just give me a wave so I know who I'm praying for? Just anywhere all over this room. Thank you. Thank you. 
Yeah, who else? Anybody else? You need to come back to God this morning. Great, thank you. If you're praying that, you can just repeat this prayer after me. It's not a special prayer, but it's just your way of coming to God this afternoon. You can just say, God, thank you for accepting me into your family. I confess my sin to you. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for them. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for rising from the dead. Showing me the way to new life. Let's invite your spirit right now. And your new life into my heart. I surrender to you. Amen. Awesome.